top of the morning to you all. And the rest of the day to you too. How many of you can quote the Lord's Prayer? Is that all? There's three, four of you? <laughs> um, I think God wants to deepen our prayer life. And I have been meditating on the Lord's Prayer for the last six weeks, and uh, it's just amazing what's there. Um, I don't think we really realize what we're saying when we say the words we're told to say. Uh, but before I preach, I'd like to ask uh, Marjorie, she'd come up. I asked her if she'd share a testimony of a miracle that she had in her life because her mom prayed. Thank God for mothers who pray. Um, when I was maybe, I don't know, seven or eight years old, I was roller skating and I had fallen. And because of that, um, I was having problems with my sciatic nerve like for years. So I couldn't do many things like stuff that I used to do before that because it was so painful. Like it was on my um, right hip. And sometimes it will get so bad that I couldn't even walk or like even rolling on my bed. I couldn't do it because of the pain and stuff like that. And that went on for years and years. I met Jeffrey, and I was still dealing with that sciatic thing. So one day, that was back in Costa Rica. Um, I was maybe like 24 years, 24, 25, and I went with my mom to church. And... She's a warrior prayer, and like she will pray in the middle of the night for hours and stuff like that. But that morning, we were worshiping at church, and I was, um, my mom was, uh, my youngest sister was in the middle of my mom and I. And when I was worshiping, I was singing, and I had my eyes closed. And all of a sudden, I realized that what I was hearing, it wasn't the people at church anymore singing. And I knew they were the angels singing. And I remember, like, getting chills all over my body. And I wanted to open my eyes to see what was going around me. And I couldn't. I couldn't open my eyes. So, and then I felt, like, this heavy weight on my leg. I couldn't move it. Like, it was so, like, I couldn't move, like, my leg at all. And then I said, oh, God, you're healing me. You're healing my sciatic nerve. And I got so excited, and I got this, like, fire going up and down my leg at the same time. And I wanted to take my mom so bad, and, but I said, I'll wait. I wait until worship is finished, and I'll come and tell my mom. So, and then um, I couldn't wait. Like, something was stirring in my heart that I need to tell my mom what was happening to me. So I remember I just asked my sister to move over, and then I can move my leg now. And then that, was, that went on for, I don't know, I just couldn't track the time. But and then I told my mom, I said, Mom, God just healed my sciatic nerve. Because, and I touched it because sometimes when it was bad, it will get like, like I don't know, it was big. Like you can tell something was, was wrong with me. And then I leaned over and I said, Mom, you know what just happened? I said, God just healed me during worship time. 
And she goes, oh, that was you. <laughs> and she had this look on her face. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, God had put in my heart that I need to pray some, for somebody that had something going on in her leg. Like, but she didn't know. She was praying for me to get healed. And while she was um, praying, it was me who was um, getting healed by her prayer. And, but she didn't even know. But that, when that, I felt that like the Holy Spirit stirring in my heart to come and tell her, right? Because she was the one interceding for me. So, yeah, that was, all, and never again, like I deal with that pain for maybe, I will say 15, 16 years. And now I can do whatever. Well, I just don't tell my husband I can do something so he can still do it for me. But now I can, yeah, I can do pretty much everything. Before, I couldn't even roll in, in bed because of the pain. And yeah, yeah, and so many other miracles. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Um, I, I was told that when the girls went out, their mom would pray. And when they came back, she'd tell them where they were. That's awesome. Talk about the power of a mother. Um, Charlie, I understand you were raised from the dead. You. I, I understand you were, come here. Come here. I understand you were raised from the dead. You can see that he's still alive. Share a little bit with us. Come on. I just want us to realize, you know, there's miracles that go on we don't know about because somebody believes in something. Somebody believes in someone. And someone believes what he said to be true. Yeah. That's a five-minute mic. Okay, good. I'll just give you a little, little yeah, bit. Okay, thanks. I've never done that. I've been... Okay. Uh, yeah, we were living in a mission there, and, and uh, I just built myself a new home, and I was just, I went overseas with uh, Ron Nelson Ministries. He asked me to go with him uh, for three weeks, you know, to Malaysia, Singapore, and Seoul, Korea, we went. And I, after I got home, well, f six months before that, I went to the doctor, and I had a blocked artery. I didn't know, eh? You gotta go all over the world, eh? You know? And uh, I got home, and, and I was working outside after I got back, on the yard, I built a new home over there on Notman Street, and I was working outside and doing things, and all of a sudden, I, my head was starting to pound, eh? So I says, uh, so I went inside, and I said, we gotta go down to emergency. I told my wife, so we finally got down to emergency. I walked in, she dropped me off in front of the door, and I walked in, and I, I give the lady my medical card at the, at the desk there. She says, go find yourself a bed, she says. Emergency admission, eh? And so, so so, so I laid down in there, and my heart stopped. They were in the hospital. And the good thing, there was a medical team on. They were in the, in the hospital. This was, this was a, about 7 o'clock at night yet. And my heart stopped, and uh, it's really amazing. And all of a sudden, they, they, they hit me with a paddle once, and I, get, I started to come too. First time they hit me, and the second time they hit me, I almost come off the bench. <laughs> you know, they, they turned the power on, you know, that. And I'll... But then I started to speak in another language when I come to, and and this this lady that was uh, the nurse was there. She was, she was a she was a, an RN there, and she uh, I forget her name. Her name was Colina. Was yeah, that's right. 
And she says to me, what church are you from? She says to me, here I'm speaking another language. She didn't know. Well, I says, we're Pentecostal background. I says, well, I'm a Baptist, she says, you know. But, but the, to get my heart started there, and I was in intensive care for about a week. And uh, about four, over four years later, I had to get a heart transplant. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm operating on, heart, you know, transplant right, right now, you know. So, but it's been working good. That's eight, it's 19 years now. Wow. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Awesome. Hallelujah. God is good, amen? So why do you think the Father told Jesus to tell us how to pray? Why did he say, this is how you should pray? And... He, he actually let us know what the Father expects from us. Because the Father's very interested in relating with us and meeting all our needs. And quite often we focus on the need part of the prayer, like uh, give us this day our daily bread and deliver us from evil and all those. And that's good. But there's more to that prayer than that. That is a result of who he is. So what it puzzled me was this. I never ever walked up to my dad and said, hey, Nick. You never walk up to your father and say, address him by his first name. He probably would have given me a kind of a, an odd look. Um, but I said, Dad, hey, Dad. Like, and, and some of my uh, uncles and aunts, they called their father, father, mother and father. And my oldest sister calls mom, mom, and my younger sister calls her mother. Uh, <clears throat> so I've been meditating on, so why, why did God say to say our father? And it's not my father. It's plural. It's our father which intimates that when I pray that prayer, it's all-inclusive. God is interested in everybody. Um, and then he says, who art in heaven, and he, he wants us to know where he is. And I'll tell you why. Because in heaven is the place where eternity exists, where nothing fails, nothing deteriorates, nothing ever comes short of what it's supposed to be, ever. And so the concept of heaven, him being there, is to actually impact us where he is and what it's like where he is. Because later on, he says, as it is in heaven, our Father who art in heaven, so there's, there's the address to him as a father, but not by name. That's interesting. Because my dad's name was Nick. And, you know, to this day, I can tell by the voice of my children when they say dad. Whether it's a correction, an encouragement, or an appreciation or just affection. I can tell by the tone of their voice. So 
he says, I want you to say, our Father who is in heaven. And what we do when we do that, we come into agreement with him on behalf of everybody. And somehow, God is not just the God of the individual. God is the God of everybody. And so when we say Father, what are we saying? We are addressing him, but not his name. We are addressing the Father of heaven and earth. In other words, the Father is revealed by his name. So the Father of heaven and earth, Elohim, the creator, the covenant maker, the, re, the one who called Abraham in and he cut a covenant with him. Elohim created the heavens and the earth. When we, when we mention his, hallowed be your name, we are honoring who he is and what he has done and what he represents and what he has to offer. It's amazing the power of that prayer because the power of that prayer is not just words. It's actually words to a father who's represented by two major names in scripture. And then he says, I want you to honor who I am. Hallowed be your name. I honor you as my creator. I honor you as my covenant maker. I honor you as my covenant keeper. I honor you as my covenant activator. I respect you. And Linsky says that when we say the name Father, we appropriate who he is and what he has to offer. And in response, he responds to the appropriation. Let me explain to you what that means. He responds to the appropriation means this. He annexes you. Appropriation means to annex something. You know, Russia annexed Crimea. They just went in and took it over. Well, when you say father, he comes to take over. He comes to take control. He comes to appropriate, he comes to what you're endeavoring to appropriate from him because he's the one that has it all. Is that making any sense to you? These are not just words. This is a conceptual divine reality and definition of what it means to say, Father, hallowed be your name. And it's such a vast subject, I can't, I, there's no way I could cover everything. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1, Elohim. So what are we saying, hallowed be your name? We honor the creator. We honor the one 
who had the ability to speak things into existence that didn't exist before. That's amazing. It's amazing. And when you think of, of Genesis 1, that God was the creator of heaven and earth. And then when you get to John and to Colossians, it says Jesus was the one who created the heavens and the earth. He spoke it into existence. Now that really is powerful. Because when you follow him, you follow what he speaks into existence, what he already spoke into existence. You don't create it. He already did it. And in... And in his life on earth, he came to reveal the name. He says, I have revealed your name. He's talking to the Father. John 17 is, I have revealed your name to them. Wow. The revelation of the name is the revelation of the Creator. The revelation of Jehovah, Jireh, is a revelation of your provider. And you can go on and on and on and on down on the names. But he says, I want you to talk like this. This is how I want you to talk to me. My Father who is in heaven, I want you to understand my eternal state, my eternal mind, my eternal ability, and I can never fail, I never forget, I never change. I, I want you to remember that. And when we pray that prayer, when we say, Father, which art in heaven, what we're doing is we're appropriating the fatherhood of God from the eternal state of who he actually is. Man, I tell you, as I meditate on this and as I've studied, I just find, wow, this is so amazing. Of all these years of being a Christian, I have never really understood this. And here's the key. Wherever you are today, you have been prepared for your next step. Some of the prophetic word that went out today is actually telling you right now, I know where you are, but this is where you're going. So where you are today, you've been prepared for your next step. Keep moving forward. Amen? Like, you, oh man, I tell you, I just, I, I don't have words to explain to you what's inside. I'm up to cabin. I need an excavator. And for two weeks, I, every day, God, I need an excavator. And lo and behold, my, my neighbor just appeared with his excavator. I looked at him and says, you're an answer to my prayer. I am? I says, yeah, I've been, I've been saying, God, I need an excavator. He says, well, ask and you shall receive. <laughs> and he dug my ditch for nothing. It's like all I said was, I need an excavator. I don't have one. But God knew someone was coming up there. Because he had a project he had to do in his place. Anyway, our Father who art in heaven, when I say that, 
when you say that, we are addressing the Father of heaven. We are addressing him. Hallowed be your name. I'm not going to get past here. I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to get past there. Uh, Hallowed means I am coming to the one who's totally consecrated, holy, and morally upright. And totally dedicated to his plan, his will, in his covenant. That's who I'm coming to. That, that's, that's a realization I'm still trying to... It kind of blows you away because you have to come to him by faith. Now let me say this. The only, the only failure that people had in the Bible was a lack of faith. The only success they had was because of their faith. Well, your faith made you whole. Your faith made you whole. Jesus didn't say, my faith made you whole. He says, your faith made you whole. And there, there's, something about, um, there's something about faith that activates the power of heaven that nothing else can. It can't. It is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews. By faith, he takes pleasure in us. It is impossible to please him without faith. Now just think of this. Jesus said, and this, this kind of just goes into a different path. Jesus said, he says, I have revealed your name to them. Now, if you sat down and read the Gospels, you would never find Jesus saying, now his name is this, and it means this. That is not the revelation of his name. That's just a definition of his name. But the revelation of his name is what he did. Because that revealed who the Father really was. Amen? Like that, that, that revelation is powerful. Hallowed be your name. Meaning he's totally committed to your consecration. He's totally committed to your wholeness. He's totally committed to your holiness. He's totally committed and to what you're set apart to achieve and do in this kingdom. It's just like, wow. I thought it was all about me. But you can understand why the father told Jesus, tell him this is how I want him to pray. Because he wants to reveal himself to us. And as I begin to investigate his name, it just blew me away. I'm thinking, whoa, this is more than I can even understand. So the next time you say, or I say, our father who art in heaven... We must realize that we are approaching and appropriating from him what we need from where he is. Uh, 
a, a psalm comes to me. All my springs of joy are in you. Why? Well, because that's who he is. He takes pleasure in who you are. God doesn't dread you. Oh, no, here he comes again. <laughs> I sure wish she would change. No, he has the ability to change you. Amen? Like, he has the ability. He, it's him. So we haven't even got to the kingdom yet, which means, okay, I'm not going there. I'll do that next Sunday. But the appropriation of his name is really powerful. So when he appeared to Abraham, he appeared to Abraham as Elohim. Oh, what's the Greek word? Not the Hebrew word. Um, Bible dictionary? Speak to me. What name was that? The Almighty God. El Shaddai. El Shaddai. El Shaddai has appeared to you. This is to Abraham. And I, you cut the animals in half, but I walked through it with fire and I made the covenant that now you are the father of all faith. Let me say this. Abraham having Ishmael and listening to his wife was not unbelief. So you can't say your wife's going to create unbelief in you. He tried to make the covenant happen, but he couldn't. It took a miracle from God to cause Isaac to be conceived and be born. Because that's what God said. And his covenant, when he swore that his covenant, this is what's going to happen to you, he meant it. So Abraham is now on in years. Sarah is totally barren. And they're going to have kids. From a human point of view and a doctor's point of view, eh. But from God's point of view and his covenant, it's yea and amen. amen. So when we say the Lord's Prayer, we're entering into a whole realm that we don't even realize what we're doing. At least I didn't. Maybe you do, but I'd, I, I didn't have a clue. And so when I got to the name, it was like, okay, this is the end of this study. I'm here for a while. So, when we come to him, we are coming to the one who is totally consecrated to your life, your well-being, your health. He is totally morally ethically correct. In other words, he does not lie. Right. 
See, we think of morals, we think of certain aspects of immorality. But when we think of morals, he's talking about, you know what, I tell the truth. Howard, you were sharing with me yesterday about your experience. Come on, share that experience. Like, this is really cool. Like, I think, I think it's just awesome how God talked to him and what God said to him. About the, the stop sign. Yeah, about the stop sign, yeah. <laughs> well, me being me, um, <laughs> I, keep, I keep going through stop signs and don't stop. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the other night I was talking about, Lord, you know, you, you've commanded the blessings on my life. You know, so, and he was saying, yeah, but you, you go through a stop sign. I said, well, there was nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's me talking to God about this. I said, but there was nobody there. So I said, well, he said, yes, but you broke the law. You know, you, what was the word he gave me? Um, infringement. He said, there was an infringement of the law. He said, the policeman upheld the law and he stopped you, you know. But I, I said, there was nobody there. <laughs> you know, I kept saying this. He said, yes, but there was an infringement of the law. So he was saying that if someone comes in, you know, when, when the enemy comes in, there's an infringement of God's law. You know, he said, I've commanded the blessings on your life. He said, the angels knew it, the devil knew it, but did you know it? You know, because we do we know that he's commanded the blessings on our lives? And, and uh, you know, it just sort of blew me away. He's saying, every time the enemy tries to come in and put something on you, that's an infringement of my law to you, because there's no reason that that should be happen. So, you know, I was talking about him. I said, you know, you put a, if he puts a flu or cold on you, you know, I've got the cold, I've got a flu. Now you've got to go and pay money to get rid of the cold. So he's giving you the cold. Now he's robbing you of your money as well. <laughs> you know, so, so, so basically we have got to be more alert to what the enemy's trying to put on us to stop this infringement so it went on it when the flu tried to come on you well earlier in the year well i when we were all sick yeah we we accepted it no but you didn't you said you're under my feet oh yeah yeah the the beginning you know that was when i was saying no i'm not having that you are under my feet and i am not having this flu and that was one night and within about half an hour i felt great you know, because I felt really annoyed about this. I thought, you know, there's no way you are going to come on me. And it said, you are under my feet. And I think this is what God wants us to do. Rise up and be aware of everything. That when something comes at you, you go, no, that is an infringement of God's law. And you have no right in this life. You know, and I think we've got to get stronger with that. I told him he needs to preach a sermon on that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that good? 
Praise God. I know the clock's zero, but I still have a few minutes up there. <laughs> that one's wrong, Justin. <laughs> um, just in closing, I want to say a couple things. Um, I know one thing for sure. I got a greater appreciation for the Lord's Prayer. The impact and power that's in those words is because the Father of Heaven told us to say them. He, he said, don't be like others. Verse before, you, know, you say things over and over and over and over and over again. Just say, my Father who is in Heaven. What he's saying is just, just address me as the Father and I know your need. And then this verse came to me, well, I know your need before you even ask. And I think, well, why should I ask? It's because of relationship. It's like my mom and my dad knew we were hungry. But they really didn't do anything until we asked. Now, they knew we were hungry. We knew, well, it was lunchtime. It was a, but anyway, I, I really appreciate the fact that he is willing to reveal to us the power of our communication in the words that he gave us to say. And it's not a formula. It's not a religious habit or just a routine. It's a relationship that unlocks the passion of the Father to our life. And what blew me away is this. The other thing is this. He knows that we fail. He knows that we have shortcomings. But he also knows we're his son. We are sons and daughters of Almighty God. So he knows everything. And he knows when I'm going to fail and he knows when I'm going to succeed. He knows, but in spite of all of that, he said, just say, my father. And the appropriation is on. When you say, when my kids say, Dad, that tone of voice tells me, um, why are you thinking like that? Or, hi, Dad. It's like, and then there's these different inflections of the word Dad. And you can tell by the inflection what the question will be. But our Father in Heaven already knows what the question's going to be before we even ask. Why does He say that to us? Why does He say, well, I already know what your need is before you even ask. So and then He says, well, ask and you shall receive. It's like, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because He loves our communication with Him. He loves, he loves to hear our voice. He loves us to talk to him. Not a religious prayer, but just talk. Like I need an excavator. So I just want to encourage you. The God of all heaven and earth, Elohim, who created everything, Jehovah, who's the revealer, that's our God. And there is no God like him in heaven and in earth. He's the God of heaven 
and earth. Why? Because Elohim created it. It's His. Next week, I want to deal with this. Jesus was the creator. God came down to be with us. And he was, this is really cool, he was the revealer of Elohim and Jehovah. And everything he said and everything he did and everything he taught was to reveal the Father. Which is to cause us to have a faith that can never ever be conquered, diminished, or useless. And it is kind of like, wow. So we got to our Father who is in heaven hallowed be your name. The impact will come when it says, kingdom come. He says, I want you to ask me to come and do something. I want you to ask me to, the all-powerful God who created the heavens and the earth, the God of revelation, to come and deal with your problem. Amen? Next week. God bless you.